You're listening to a sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, Niagara. We believe in unapologetic preaching, unashamed adoration of Jesus, unceasing prayer, unafraid witness, and uncommon community. If you have yet to do so, we would love to have you join us for worship in God's Word on Sunday mornings. For more information, visit us online at harvestniagara.ca. Thanks for listening. Amen. Well, good morning, Harvest. My name is Nathan Penny. I'm one of the pastors over at Hope Oakville, and it is my privilege, it is my honor to be here with you worshiping the Lord this morning. And if you've got your Bibles there, and I trust that you do, please go ahead and open them up to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, and we'll be uh, beginning today at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. And as you turn there, let me ask you, Have you ever been in a situation with someone that you love dearly and you were literally pleading with them to do something that was for their own good? Maybe maybe it was a child or maybe it was a good friend and there you were and you were literally pleading with them to do this thing that was for their own good. Maybe it was something to do with their health maybe something to do with their well-being and you're pleading with them, please listen to me. Do this thing that is for your good. Please listen. Maybe you've experienced a time like that because that's what's happening today right here in Ephesians chapter 4. But this time it's God who is speaking. And he is speaking to us through his word and he is saying listen to me he is saying for your own good listen to me and do what I say today loved ones is a day where we will hear from the heart of our good good father as he says to us my child this is the way this is the way walk in it and to help us understand what God is saying to us Today in Ephesians chapter 4, God has given us this picture. He's given us this analogy to help us understand. And here's the picture. It's a picture of a head and a body where Jesus is the head and we are the body. And the body is made up of all of these different parts that are specially designed by God to do different things for the good of the body. And when each part is working properly, then the body is healthy then the body thrives. And this is such a helpful illustration, such a helpful analogy for us, because consider it. In the human body, there are trillions of cells. There are 206 bones. There are 600 muscles and 78 internal organs. And when each part is working properly, then then that part positively affects all of the other parts. When each part is working properly, when one part is working properly, it helps all of the other parts to work properly. So consider it, just the, the, the simple act of me grabbing a glass of water and taking a drink. For that to take place, first, the bones in my arm, they need to remain stable. And then the muscles in my arm, they need to reach out, they need to contract properly. Then the tendons in my hand, they need to be able to grab hold of the glass that can then bring it to my mouth and I can take a drink. And if that happens, then my whole body benefits. My whole body is blessed and is hydrated because the work of one part. Likewise, 
when each part of the body of Christ is working properly, then each part will positively affect every other part, helping the whole body to be healthy, helping the whole body to thrive. Now that's the positive side, but of course there's also a negative side. So again, consider this analogy of the human body. What if one part isn't working properly? Or what if several parts aren't working properly? Or what if many parts aren't working properly? What will be the outcome uh, for that body? Well, it won't be healthy. And it will not thrive. Likewise, likewise, when the parts of the body of Christ are not working properly, it affects the health of the whole body and that body will not thrive as it should. So question, question. If you are watching right now and you are a part of the body of Christ, let me ask you, are you working properly? Are you working properly is, is your life being used by God right now in this season that we find ourselves in? Are you being used by God right now to bring health and to bring blessing to the body of Christ? Or truth be told, are you currently sitting on the sidelines? Because if you are in the body of Christ, here's the truth. You have tremendous potential in Christ, not in yourself, but in Christ to be powerfully used right now, right now in this season to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Let me say that again. If you are part of the body of Christ, then you, you, I'm speaking directly to you, you have tremendous potential in Jesus Christ to be powerfully used right now in this season to produce a ripple effect of blessing throughout the body of Christ. Here's what I mean up on the screen. Consider for a moment a body of water. A body of water. Now what happens when there is suddenly some activity in a body of water? Well, here's what happens. It produces a ripple effect. It produces a, a wave, so to speak, that extends outward in every direction, far and wide. Activity produces a ripple effect, and so it is in the body of Christ. When one part works properly, it sends a spiritual ripple effect throughout the body, a domino effect, a chain reaction that reaches out far and wide as one person influences another and one person influences another and so on and so on and so on. Now imagine if this wasn't just happening for one part of the body, but for many up on the screen. Imagine if the body looked like this where every part is working properly, creating ripple effects of blessing everywhere from all sides, all throughout the body of Christ. Imagine if this was Harvest Niagara. Well, listen, in many ways it is. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. In many ways it is, but by God's grace, it can be all the more. Amen? I know you're saying amen. I can hear you right now. Okay, all right. So if you and I are going to be used in this way, in this season, 
If you and I are going to be grounded, if we're going to work properly, then the first thing that needs to happen is this. We need to keep growing. This is point number one. If we are going to be grounded in 2021, then every part of the body needs to keep growing. Every part of the body needs to keep growing. Here's the question. Am I growing? Are you growing? Have a look now at verse 15. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15. The Apostle Paul, he writes, Rather, rather, and we'll stop right there. Because by saying the word rather, Paul is referring to what he has already said in Ephesians chapter 4. So let's back up a little bit to read verse 15 in context. Let's back up all the way to verse 11. Verse 11, look what he says. Paul says, and he, God, God, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that, notice, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So here's what Paul is saying. He's saying that all of us in the body of Christ, we must grow up. We must grow up so that we will no longer be spiritual children. Because if we remain spiritual children, then we will be easily deceived by lies and will be carried off into very, very dangerous places. Because here's the truth. You and I, whether we know it or not, every single day are living under a constant barrage of lies. Lies from the sin within us. Lies, lies from the world around us. Lies from the demonic. Lies from false teachers. And what are these lies about? Everything. Literally, everything. There are lies about God, lies about us, lies about other people, lies about our circumstances. And if you and I aren't careful, if we're not holding up the shield of faith, if we're not mindful of what God says in his word, then those lies can easily enter into the heart and we can be carried off into very, very dangerous places. And so what does that look like when lies enter the heart? Well, here's what it looks like up on the screen. When lies enter our heart about God, about God, lies like a God doesn't care or a God isn't good or he is somehow far away or he doesn't love you or he is not enough, which leads to confusion, anxiety, anger, despair, which is a very dangerous place to be. Or, or how about this, when lies enter the heart about who we are, lies about self up on the screen, lies about who we are in Christ, lies like you are a loser, or you're not good enough, or you are unacceptable, or you don't have any purpose, which leads to feelings of shame, insecurity, fear, just feeling like giving up, very dangerous place to be. Or how about this when lies enter the heart about other people? Up on the screen, lies like other people think you're a loser. Other people just think you're such a joke. Other people think you don't matter. 
leading to increasing isolation, anxiety, anger, despair, a very dangerous place to be. Or, or, when lies enter the heart about our circumstances, up on the screen, lies like our circumstances are out of control. Uh, Our circumstances are spiraling into a chaos and, and they're too hard, it's impossible. Which leads to anger, confusion, feelings of being trapped, despair, again, again, a very dangerous place to be. This, loved ones, is what happens when lies enter into the heart. Lies from the sin within us. Lies from the world around us. Lies from the demonic. And also this, lies from false teaching. Lies from false teachers who take the scriptures and twist them as they are fueled by selfish ambition, preaching false gospels of prosperity, leading people away from the truth, again, into very dangerous places. But because God loves us so very, very much, he has made a beautiful way for us to be grounded and to escape from the grip of all Deception, all deception. And here's how. Have a look back at verse 15. Look what Paul says. He says, rather, and notice, speaking the truth. Speaking the truth. This is God's plan for you and I to fight against the lies of sin, the lies of the world, the lies of the demonic, the lies of false teachers. It's you and I, you and I, speaking the truth to each other. And when Paul says speaking the truth here, he doesn't mean uh, saying the hard thing. Sometimes when we use that phrase speaking the truth, we mean like say the hard thing. I got to say the hard thing. And sometimes we do need to say the hard thing, don't we? But that's not what Paul's talking about here. In Ephesians 4, when Paul says speaking the truth, here's what he means. He means speaking the truth of Scripture. Speaking the truth of the Bible. This is the truth that you and I are supposed to speak to one another. We can think of it like this up on the screen. We need to speak the truth of the four W's. What are the four W's? Here they are. We need to speak the truth of who God is. We need to speak that to each other. We need to speak the truth about what God has done. That's the second W, what God has done for us in the gospel. We need to speak that to each other. Third W, we need to speak the truth about what God has promised. We need to speak the truth of the promises of God to each other. And then fourthly, we need to speak the truth about what God has commanded. This is the truth that we are to speak to one another. It's the truth of the Bible. So here's a question. How do you and I become people like that? How do you and I become people who speak the truth? Well, there's only one way. If you and I are going to be people who speak the truth, we, we first have to be people who are filled with the truth. Because when we are filled with the truth, that's when we will then speak the truth. You can think of it like this. If you take a sponge and you put it in a sink full of water, the sponge gets saturated in the water. You pick up the sponge, it's dripping all over the place, making a mess. Likewise, when our hearts are saturated in the word of God and our hearts are filled up with the word of God, then the word of God begins to come out of our mouths. We can't help it. When we are filled with the truth, that's when we speak 
the truth. And this is what Paul longs to see in the Ephesian church. He longs that they would be a people who are filled with the truth and, and therefore are then speaking the truth. And this is why he begins his letter to the Ephesians with a whole ocean of gospel truth in chapters one and two intended to fill the hearts of his readers so that they are a people who are, are filled with the truth and then speaking the truth to one another. Let's have a sample of that up on the screen from Ephesians chapter one and two, this ocean of gospel truth. Look first, uh, God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Meaning, meaning, meaning that in every way that God could possibly bless you spiritually, he has done that. Maybe thinking, well, how exactly? Like, what, is, what does that mean? Well, well, we'll have a look at the rest of this list. God chose us before he created the world. Before God created the earth, he chose you. He chose that you would be his. How about this? God ordained that we would be holy and blameless before him. No one is entering into the presence of God apart from being holy and blameless. And so what has God done? He sent his son to come and live the perfect life that we could never live, this perfect life of righteousness, this perfect life of obedience that we could never live so that by faith, his perfect obedience, his righteousness could be credited to our account as though we had done it. And he sent his son to then also come to make full a payment and atonement for our sin on the cross so that God can look at us just as though we have always obeyed and just as though we have never sinned through faith in Jesus Christ. Absolutely awesome. So that we can then enter into his presence. God has ordained that you would be holy and blameless before him. Not only that, God has predestined us for adoption. God predestined that you would be his child, that you would enter into his holy family, that you would be heavenly royalty. He has redeemed us through the blood of Christ. He has, he has broken us free from slavery to sin through the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. He has forgiven us for all of our sin as we celebrate today. Past, present, future sin, all of it is gone, atoned for, paid for in complete fullness. God has sealed us with his Holy Spirit. He has come and he has indwelt us with his Holy Spirit. God has chosen to love us perfectly. He loves you more than you could ever possibly imagine. Then finally this, God has promised to show us, notice, the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness for all of eternity, which will make our greatest moment of worship in this life be like a drop in an ocean. The moment we step into glory and we experience in this new way the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us. Wow. And when our hearts are filled with this truth, we speak the truth. When our hearts are filled with the truth, we speak the truth. We can't help it. But notice this, there's more. Because we're not only just to speak the truth. Have a look back at verse 15. Rather, Paul says, speaking the truth. Now notice this, in love. In love. So God's plan for us is not just to speak the truth, but rather is that we would speak the truth in love. So what does that mean? 
What does it mean to speak the truth in love? Well, it means this. It means to speak the truth of the Bible for the right reasons. It means to speak the truth of the Bible with the right motives. It means that we are speaking the truth of the Bible, not to try to look smart, not to try to appear super spiritual, but rather we speak the truth of the Bible so that, so that others might be strengthened in their faith and grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what it means to speak the truth in love. It means we're speaking the truth of the Bible so that others might be strengthened in their faith and might grow in their relationship with Jesus Christ. And why is this so important? Why is it so important then that we speak the truth in love? Here's why. Because there is nothing more important for every single one of us than to be growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Like nothing, period, nothing even comes close. There's nothing more important than for each one of us to truly be abiding in him and to be walking with him and to be a people who are studying his word and people who pray and people who are loving him and worshiping him and treasuring him and who are walking in obedience to him. This is the most important thing by far. Again, nothing even comes close. Nothing is more important than growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Nothing. This is why we must speak the truth and love to one another, that we might be strengthened in our faith and grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Because here's the truth. You and I, have not been designed uh, by God to grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ apart from the body. Uh, this, This is not God's design. God's design is that we grow in our relationship with Jesus Christ through the help of the body, by speaking the truth in love to one another. I love how Paul Tripp puts it. This is what he says. He says, our walk with God is a community project. Our walk with God is a community project by God's design. We grow best and we grow most in community as we speak the truth in love to one another. This is how we stay grounded and grow in 2021, by speaking the truth in love to one another. In fact, as we do that, as we choose to speak the truth and love to one another, God says that he's going to grow us up in every single way. Have a look again at verse 15. Paul says again, he says, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up, notice, in every way. In every way. And so what does it look like for us to grow up in every way? Well, he tells us, look, look back at the text, verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way, notice, into him who is the head, into Christ. Therefore, as you and I speak the truth in love to one another, uh, God uses that, God uses that to transform us and change our character so that our character more and more reflects the character of Jesus Christ. I mean, think about it. In any family, In any family, as we mature, what begins to happen? We begin to take on the family resemblance, right? Uh, Whether we like it or not, we can't help it. We begin to take on the family resemblance and people will come up and then they're saying things like, oh, you look so much like aunt so-and-so and you look so much like uncle whoever. And you're like, I don't want to look like uncle whoever. That's, That's devastating, but we can't help it. It's inevitable. 
as we mature, we will take on the family resemblance. Likewise, as you and I speak the truth in love to one another, God uses that to grow us up spiritually so that we take on the family resemblance of the character of Jesus Christ, which looks like this. Loving God more and more. Loving others more and more. Growing in patience. Growing in peace. Growing in gentleness. Growing in joy. Growing in self-control. Growing in gratitude. Growing in humility. Growing in worship. This is what happens as we speak the truth in love to one another. God uses it. He uses it so powerfully to grow us up so that our character becomes more and more resembling the character of Jesus Christ. Now because speaking the truth in love is so critical, because this is God's plan to grow us up, because this is so very important, here is the question for us this morning. How do you and I grow in this? How do you and I grow in speaking the truth in love? Like, how do we, how do, we do this well? Because surely speaking the truth in love is not just kind of like randomly walking up to someone and then opening up the Bible and reading a random passage to someone in the hopes that this is going to strengthen them in their faith and grow them in their relationship with Christ. I mean, surely it's more than that. So again, how do we grow in speaking the truth in love with skill? How do we grow in speaking the truth in love in a way that is applicable to someone's life and to their situation? Well, consider what Paul has to say in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 up on the screen. Look what he says. He says this, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak Be patient with them all. Now notice here that Paul does not give a one-size-fits-all approach, one-scripture-fits-all issues and problems approach to speaking the truth. That's not what he says. In this one verse, he says, hey, there's three groups of people here that he's talking about. There's idle people. And what do they need? Idle people need to be admonished with the word. And then there's another group. There's faint-hearted people. What do they need? They need to be encouraged with the word. And then there's this other group, these weak people, and they need help. And one of the best ways we can help people is with the word. And then notice he says, be patient with them all, meaning that this isn't going to be easy. Uh, Meaning this is going to require some listening and trying to kind of hear where people are coming from and what they're going through, meaning this is going to require some discernment as we seek to speak the truth in love in a way that best fits the occasion. Therefore, our guiding principle in speaking the truth in love to one another is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, up on the screen. Good Paul says, he says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, notice, as fits the occasion as fits the occasion, that it might give grace to those who hear. So growing then and speaking the truth in love means growing and speaking the truth of the Bible in a way that fits the occasion, which again is going to require listening to people, really taking the time 
to patiently listen to people, and then seeking to discern uh, what truth from God's word would best fit this occasion. As we think back to those four W's, as you're listening to someone's situation, you're thinking, so what's most fitting here? Is it a truth about who God is? Is it a truth about what God has done? Is it a truth about what God has promised? Is it a truth about what God has commanded? What truth best fits this occasion? This is what we're being called to do. And listen, no one is perfect at this. No one is perfect at this. And yet, and yet, this is what we're being called to do. I mean, this is supposed to be happening everywhere in the church. It's supposed to be happening in marriages. It's supposed to be happening in parenting. It's supposed to be happening over here in friendships and in groups. It's supposed to be happening everywhere in the church. So what are we to do? Well, praise the Lord that he has promised to give us wisdom when we ask. Up on the screen, James chapter 1. One of the greatest promises in the whole Bible If any of you lacks wisdom, yes, Lord, me. First one to put my hand up. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach. And look at this promise. It will, it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. What does that mean for us? Here's what it means. There you are in a situation where someone is sharing their heart with you and you're seeking to speak the truth of the Bible in a way that is loving, in a way that is going to hopefully strengthen them in their faith and grow them in their relationship with Christ. And and you're listening and you're thinking to yourself, what truth is most uh, applicable? What truth is best fitting? I don't know. I don't know. What do we do? We pray. We pray. We say, God, help me right now. I need, I need wisdom to speak the truth of your word to this person in a way that is fitting. Help me, please give me wisdom. I, I believe you will do it. And guess what he does? He gives us wisdom because he promises to. He gives us wisdom. And then Proverbs 13 happens up on the screen. Look at this, Proverbs 13. The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life. None of us has wisdom in and of ourselves. Wisdom is from God. We ask, we pray, we trust him. We believe his promise when he says, I'm going to give you wisdom. Just ask, just believe me. I'll give you wisdom. And what happens? The teaching of the wise is a fountain of life that one may turn away from the snares of death. How awesome is that? This is what happens as we speak the truth in love to one another. We are rescued from very, very dangerous places and we grow up in every way. Now imagine being a part of a group where that's happening. Imagine being a part of a group where everyone is growing and speaking the truth in love to one another in a way that fits the occasion. Now that's exciting. That is exciting because that's a place where transformation is going to be happening for sure. And listen, that's God's plan for you. And that is God's plan for me. So here's what it comes down to. We have two options. Here's the first option. Uh, We can choose to avoid community. We can relationally isolate ourselves from other believers. We can choose not to be part of a group. We can put ourselves in a situation where we're not really sharing what's going on in our lives and we're not giving other people the opportunity to speak the truth and love to us. 
We can put ourselves in a situation where we're not listening to other people and we're not speaking the truth and love to them. By doing that, we can turn away from God's plan for our growth. We can make ourselves increasingly vulnerable to the lies of sin and the lies of the world and the lies of the demonic and to false teaching. And we can increase our chances of being carried off into very, very dangerous places. That's one option. That is a terrible option, all right? I, I know we can all agree. That is a terrible option or or there's option number two here it is we can embrace God's plan for our growth by embracing the body of Christ by putting ourselves in a position where we can share what's going on in our lives and have people speak the truth and love to us and where we're listening to what's going on in other people's lives and we're speaking the truth in love to them that we all might be strengthened in our faith and growing in our relationship with Jesus Christ together together Those are our two options. And listen, the second one is beautiful. The second one is awesome. The second one is absolutely the will of God. This is how we stay grounded in 2021. So let me ask you, are you in a group right now? Are you in a group right now? Because listen, if you're not, you can be. All you need to do is go here up on the screen. This is the Harvest Niagara website. I went and checked it out. And, and as you navigate that website, if you click on ministries and then you click on discipleship, here's what you find. All these groups. There's small groups, men's groups, women's groups, students groups, young adults groups, 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 groups all these groups. And so now... Now is the time to go online, to sign up so that you can be with the body of Christ and growing together. Yes, online right now, but eventually in person, Lord willing. Yes, do it, Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Because if our lives, yours and mine, if our lives are going to be used to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, then each part of the body, each part, you and I, must keep growing And we do that together as we speak the truth in love to one another. But not only that, but our second and our final point today is this. If our lives are going to be grounded in 2021 and be used to produce a ripple effect of blessing across the body of Christ, then every part of the body needs to keep working. Question, am I working properly? Am I working properly? Have a look again at verse 15. We're going to read verse 15 again so that we can read verse 16 in context. Here's verse 15. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Now notice, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. Notice, when each part is working properly. In other words, Jesus Christ has made and he has placed each part of the body exactly where he wants it to be. And now each part is to work properly. So what does that mean for each part to be working properly? What does it mean for you and I to be working properly? Well, to help us answer that, have a look way back at verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Look what Paul says. He says, but... Grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, if you are in Jesus Christ, you're watching right now, you are in Jesus Christ, then the moment you were saved, you were given at least one spiritual gift that is to be used to serve the body of Christ. It may be thinking, well, 
what do you mean by spiritual gift? Well, here's what I mean up on the screen from Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. You can read through these and look through these yourself. Uh, Prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, generosity, leadership, mercy, wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, tongues, helping, administrating. These are just some of the gifts outlined in the New Testament. And now why has God given these gifts to his church? Here's why. 1 Peter chapter 4 up on the screen. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. As each has received a gift. That's you and I. As each has received a gift, use it. Use it. Don't let it sit on the shelf. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. So as parts of the body, each one of us have been given different gifts that are to be used to serve the body of Christ. So question, how do you know what your gifts are? How do you, how do you figure out what your gifts are? Well, one way, and maybe the best way is this, just start serving. Just start, just start serving. Because as you step out and you just start to serve other people, what will happen is you will naturally begin to serve within your gifting. You'll naturally begin to use your spiritual gifts and people will, will see it. And when the body sees gifting, the body affirms gifting. And so, and so people will begin to say things to you like, hey, hey, I really see that you've got the gift of service. Or I really see that you've got this gift of teaching. Or I see that you've got this gift of generosity. Or I really see leadership in you. Or I really see you have the gift of mercy. Or the gift of administration. And when enough people in the church say the same thing to you over and over and over again, there's a very good chance that that is your spiritual gift. Maybe you've experienced that. I hope you have. Because again, when the body sees gifting, the body affirms gifting. So it's not so much about trying to figure out our spiritual gifts so that we can then go serve. Rather, it's about serving and letting serving be a a helpful tool in helping us discern what our spiritual gifts are so that we can exercise them in the church. Therefore, if you and I want to discover our gift We need to get into community and we need to begin serving others. You may be thinking, well, like how do do we do that right now? Like with everything that's going on, like how can we even do that? And that's a really good question. Uh, Because if you're anything like me, it seems like for the last nine months, all we've been told is everything that we can't do, right? You can't go here, you can't go there, you can't do this, you can't do that. If we're not careful, our whole mindset starts to become all the things we can't do. But our mindset in the body of Christ must remain on this, what we can do. In fact, what we must do. And, and, and I, get, I get that there's things we can't do and I, and I get there's places we can't go in ways that, I, I get that, I get that. But our focus needs to be on what we can do. And what can we do? Here's what we can do. We can join a group where people are sharing what's going on in their lives and listening to each other and speaking the truth in love so that everyone is being strengthened in their faith and growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. We can do that. And in that group, we can do this. We can serve one another. We can care for one another. So important right now. We can care for one another. We can help each other. We can look to meet needs. We can be the body of Christ right now in this season to one another. This, 
loved ones, this is what it looks like to be working properly. You can think of it this way up on the screen. If we're going to consider working properly first, it's about understanding who we are. And there you are. There you are right in the middle. You are a Christian. If you are a Christian, then you are united to Jesus Christ and you are part of the body of Christ. You are united to Jesus Christ, so we must abide in him. But you are also connected to the body of Christ. And then, and then because this is who we are, what we do flows out of that. Next a slide, what we do flows out of who we are. And what are we being commanded to do here? This is God's plan, that we speak the truth in love to one another and we serve the body by exercising our gifts. This is what it looks like for us to be working properly in 2021. It's speaking the truth and love to each other and serving one another with our gifts. So again, in this season, let me ask you, have you been working properly? Have you been working properly? Because as each one of us works properly, God causes amazing things to happen. Look at verse 16. Verse 16, look what he says. When each part is working properly, notice, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So consider this. As you and I work properly by speaking the truth and love to each other and by serving one another, by exercising our gifts, then God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that causes the body to grow and build itself up in love. This is biblical truth right here for us. Receive this. Receive this. As you and I work properly by speaking the truth and love to one another, by serving one another, by exercising our gifts, God will use our lives to send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. Yes, he will. And this is why your life and your ministry matters so much to the body of Christ right now. Like right now, you are not random. You have not been placed here by accident. God has saved you. He has put you in the body. He has gifted you with a spiritual gift and now he wants to use you. He wants you to be grounded so he can use your life to literally send ripple effects of blessing throughout the body of Christ that cause the body to grow and build itself up in love. This goes for every single one of us so that together our lives look more and more like this upon the screen. This is how God wants to use our lives right now in this season. And listen, we have no idea how God might use any one of us. This week, this week even, you might speak the truth and love to someone that so radically changes their life, that God uses that to change their life, that it literally goes on for generations. We don't know what God might even do this week, but we do know this, that God's plan for building up his church in love is each one of us working properly by speaking the truth in love, by serving the body and exercising gifts. This is what he's calling us to do now more than ever for our own good, for your own good, for the good of the church and for the advancement of the kingdom of God in this world. So Holy Spirit, please fill us. Holy Spirit, please lead us and cause us to work properly. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray. So Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, and we thank you for the instruction that you give us from your word so clear. 
We are not to be trying to do this Christian life on our own. God, forgive us for thinking we can do it on our own. That's not your design. Your design is that we would be in community. And so, Lord, we're seeking to be faithful. We're seeking to be faithful. And so, so community, to a large extent right now, looks very different than it did a year ago. Uh, but yet, Lord, you are calling us to be in community. So, yes, maybe online right now. But we know, God, that online is no obstacle for the Spirit of God at all. At all. And so, Lord, we pray, we pray that as we, we obey you, that as we seek to be connected to one another in community, as we, as we seek to speak the truth in love and serve one another with giftedness, that you would grow us all up, ultimately, God, for your glory, for your glory. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen.